Amen. Man, I just say hallelujah as well. Isn't that awesome? You guys were part of that. What we celebrate there, if I can get my mic back on here, but what we celebrate is what God has done through all of us. Through us. I mean, and, and here's the thing. We become the, we become the missionaries, if you will, in our local community. We support missionaries all over the globe. And through our giving, through our serving, every one of you guys have a part in that. You know, we, I, I, I got chills when it kept showing the baptisms. And we had four more today. Two in this service, two in the first service today. Going from death unto life. Man, I love being a part of a, celebrating miracles and celebrating the, the miracle of life change and so today, if you've got your outlines, you can take them out and kind of follow along. Today, we celebrate, you know, last week we celebrated hope. We celebrate the hope of the world. And today we celebrate lives being changed. We celebrate the fact that God changes us. He transforms us. He does not leave us the same. And, and so if you've got your outline, I want you to take a look at this. This is some of the stuff that we have, we've covered. And I've shared some of this with you guys. But it says, a year of newness and opportunity. You know, looking into 2020, we believe that God wants us to be a part of some new things, some new opportunities, and we want to be prepared for those things. We want to be standing, you know, on, on, on G, waiting on O, man, just ready for God to say go. And so that's that's what we believe. And so there's a passage here out of Isaiah 43, 16 through 19. says, this is what the Lord says, He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, uh, the army and, and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. And what God is speaking is to the nation of Israel. And he's saying, hey, listen, you were focused on all that was back in Egypt. And he, he had just taken care of Pharaoh and his army. And he said, hey, listen, quit looking back. Quit thinking back to everything that's over there. That we take, we take time to do that. He said, but look. I am doing a new thing. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And so for us as a church, we believe that God is doing something new. You know, and, and you might say, well, you know, there's, there's no new message. You're right. The gospel never changes. There's no new message, no new Bible. It's all the same. But what we do believe is that the message is being heard and being received by many who have never heard it before. And so whenever we see people going through the waters of baptism, they are literally going public. They are making a public declaration that Christ lives within me. I've been buried with Christ in baptism. In other words, I'm dying to the old way of living, being raised to walk in the newness of life. And being raised to walk and be a new person. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And so that transformation that takes place when someone puts their faith in Christ, man, it is powerful. You know, these children, you know, we, we might think, well, these are children. There's children, there's adults. It doesn't matter. When we, when we literally, we pray that prayer, it comes off of our lips, but it is really the prayer of our heart that we say, God, here I am. God, I surrender. I am broken. I am sinful. I am in need of salvation. I am in need of a Savior. Jesus, here's my life. Will you accept me? And his answer is yes. He came and he went to the cross so that we might live. And so when we see someone make that decision, they have gone from, from death unto life. They are a new creation, a new person. They're a child of God. You know, I look back at Anne Marie's story. You know, I love that story. And we shared that a couple of weeks ago at, at our uh, worship night. But we wanted everybody to hear that story. And Anne Marie does a great job of talking about how her life has been changed and by the power of God at work in her. You know, and I, and I think back to... You know, just that little baby. She happened to be uh, part of our life group. And uh, I remember her bringing Micah in there. And uh, she was wondering, would we accept her? 
And so our group just was able to love on her, love on that little baby, and, and hold that, that little boy. You know, and here's what I pray. I sat there, as I listened to that in both services, and I prayed, that, you know, God, I look forward to the day that Micah will put his faith in you for salvation. That that little boy will put his faith in Christ. Amen. I mean, that's what we're about, man. We're, we're about accepting people, sharing the love of God, and one day that little baby We'll put his faith in Christ for salvation. We'll see him go through the waters of baptism. Won't that be awesome? So, so it is about trusting God. And so here's the thing. We're trusting God to reveal to us new opportunities and the courage to attempt what seems impossible. The courage to attempt what seems impossible. And so we believe that God has some new opportunities for us as a church. We're still going to do what we feel like God has called us to do here, but there's some new things. You know, and oftentimes we go, you know what, I believe that God's word is clear. You know, it says, sing a new song unto the Lord. And so therefore we need to be writing new songs. We need to be singing new songs. We need to be doing new ministries. We need to be attempting new things. Because God is always about life and man, bringing, bringing life to someone. And oftentimes God will put it on someone's heart to be a part of something. And he'll say, hey, listen, I want you to start this. I want you to initiate this. I want you to take this and run with this. And so we believe that God has some new things that he wants us as a church to be a part, part of. And here's the thing. We've got to have the courage to attempt the impossible. What seems impossible in the world is not impossible with God. And so we believe that. And so look at a couple of things here. It says new ways to get our church family out in our community on mission and equipped to share the life-changing message of the gospel. So one of the things I love is, is, is seeing people you know, take steps and make changes. And anyway, this morning... In the first uh, service, uh, John, uh, I just went blank on his name. What's his name? John Bowen. Uh, just, he, he just retired from, uh, John Bowen just retired from uh, the police academy or the police force. He's been there. He's been like second or third in command. But he's accepted a position as uh, the executive director of Hope Inspired Ministries. The one that you guys saw it talking about earlier where there were 60 graduates. And it's helping people kind of get their life in order and kind of break a, a bad pattern, if you will, of bad decisions. And so John is now the executive director of that. So if y'all would give it up for John. He is a... I'm, I'm excited for him. He's one of our members. But here's what I love about John. John has been teaching in our children's ministry for the last 10 years or longer. Teaching your children. Many of the kids that you saw go through the waters of baptism, he led to Christ in our children's ministry. You know, and so this guy has been pouring his life into children. And now he's about to retire from, from the police force. And he'll be able to literally step into this ministry as the executive director. So, again, it's another opportunity for us to be involved in that. Carla. Uh, Brandon's uh, wife, uh, Carla Wildman, she is the director of the Pregnancy Crisis Center here in our community. We get to be a part of working with them and partnering with them and, and saving babies. I don't know if you saw that. Over 260-something ultrasounds were done. And that's where a girl goes in and she sees, you know what, this is a baby. You know, this is a baby with a heartbeat. And, and so we as a church get to be a part of that, invest in that, and hopefully be able to partner along with them in making a difference. There's all kinds of ways for us to get involved. I had a guy send me a, a, a letter this past week or an email. And he said, Pastor Mike, I just wanted to kind of update you and let you know just what kind of footprint Journey Church has in the prison ministry here in our area. And he was talking about how we have Bible studies and Celebrate Recovery set up in two or three different prisons and how many times the gospel is presented every week and how many people have been exposed to the good news of Christ in those, in those uh, prisons and stuff and in these jails. And he said, and here's the thing. He said, we are doing everything we can. We want to help these people coming out of jail to be able to get back into a normal sense of life. And if you go back to when John Bowman was on, on staff at the, as a police 
police officer, he'd tell you, he goes, people don't need jail, they need Jesus. He said they need Christ in their life. And so this, this ministry continues to flourish and continues to, to grow. And, and so just hearing things like that, you know, you know what? Those are ministries that are taking place that we don't always see, you know, and we don't always hear about, but they're part of our church family, and those guys are making a difference. So new ways to get our church family out in the community, on mission, and equipped to share the life-changing message of the gospel. The toughest thing for a pastor, I'm going to be honest with you, is to get people to not get so focused on coming and sitting in here, but to get them focused on going out of here and being the light of the world. Going out of here and sharing the hope that God has put in you. Sharing the message of the gospel. And so what we've got to be willing to do is say, you know what, we don't want to just gather and do church. We don't want to just kind of go through the, the motions, and we don't want to come here and sing our three or four songs, you know, and then hear a message and walk out, hey, pastor, good job, or pastor, bad job, or whatever. But I don't want us getting caught up to where that's all we're about. We just do a service. But if anything, what we do is we come in here, we celebrate what God has already done in the week past. We celebrate what he's doing in our life today. And we look forward and we're prepared for what he's going to do in the week ahead. And so whenever we step in here, man, we're celebrating the fact that we've had, had the opportunity to share the gospel with someone. Uh, this past week, I got to go to South Dakota on a pheasant hunt. And it was two guys there that I had an opportunity to sit down with. And one of the guys said, hey, he goes, hey, pastor, he said, what's your message on this week? He goes, you going to give us a preview? And I was like, you better believe it. And so, man, I said, and I, and I didn't think they were believers, and I'm pretty sure they're not. But here's the thing is we got to talk about what we're celebrating today, lives being changed, and how we are changed by literally by the power of the gospel, by what Christ did on the cross. And, and one of these guys grew up very religious and so he started asking me some questions, and I get to share with him how he can approach God through Jesus Christ. Jesus is our high priest. And so we get to talk about salvation. We get to talk about what Christ did on the cross and what makes someone right with Christ, I mean with God, and, and how we can have a right relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And so here's the thing. I'm on a hunt, but it's an opportunity to share the gospel. It's an opportunity to tell someone about the life-changing message of the gospel. And my, my prayer for our church is that you look around this room, that every person in this room will be equipped and prepared to share the gospel with someone no matter where you go. If you're at school, if you're a teacher, if you're a student, if you're at work, if you're a boss, if you're an employee, but that you will be prepared and you will be equipped. And here's the thing, you'll be convicted to the point that you know, you know what, I need to be sharing the gospel. And you'll do that. So here's the thing, new ways of connecting people to our services and campuses where they can experience acceptance and hear the life-changing message of the gospel. If you guys will, look in your seat. There should be one of these in there. We do these a lot. These are called invite cards. And so we, we encourage you to use these. We print these for a reason. We put them in your hands. We ask you, if you will, hey, invite someone to church. Invite someone to a service. Invite them to come and sit with you. Invite them to come and worship with you. And, and so we, we do things. So we want to come up with new ways of connecting with our community, and new ways of blessing our community, but also new ways of, of reaching people and inviting them to be here. But let me just say this, it doesn't matter what we invest in, the best invitations we have are you guys. The best invitations that we have to get anybody here are you guys. And let me just say this, you know, this, this hurts mine and Matt's feelings, but people, they, they may come because they want to, you know, see what it's about, but they won't even stay a lot of times because of what we do. They stay because of what you do. They stay because you have let them know that, you know what, you care that they're here. There's people make a decision in the first five minutes whether or not they're coming back to a church. They haven't heard me teach. And oftentimes they haven't even heard the worship. And people won't stay because of the worship. They won't stay because of the teaching. But they will stay because people care that they're here. And they have friends and they have community and they have connections. 
And so I'm just telling you, if you want to see the church grow, if you want to see lost people saved, you are our greatest messengers. You are the greatest invitation that we have. And so you sharing about how God has changed your life, how he has transformed you, you become great invitations to the people out there who want the same thing that you have. And so here's another thing. New services for those not here yet or that won't come on Sunday morning. We've talked about this before. You know, we're doing surveys right now. We're working on trying to figure out, hey, what is the best time to offer another service? Our, our first service, we had some room in here. You know, there's some room in here. But there may be somebody, that, you know what, they, they can't ever make it on a Sunday morning. Now, some of us, our jobs allow that, but some people may not. So our thing is we offer one in the afternoon. We offer one at a different time. You know, we want to we do it. Not, it's not a convenience thing for us as a staff. I mean, I, you know, I've preached three services before. I go home and just fall like a tree, man, crash. But the thing is, is I want to do it because we care about reaching people that do not know Christ. And we want to reach people that can't be here on Sunday morning, then we'll reach them on Sunday afternoon. If we have to do it, we'll do it on Saturday night. But we want to reach those that are far from God. So we're going to try some things. I'm just telling you, we're trying some things this year. New services for those not here yet or that won't come on Sunday morning. And here's another thing. New campuses in the River Region to reach those who can't, we can't reach from our current location. We already know that God wants us to plant a couple of campuses. We just don't know where they're at. And I was telling someone this morning, it's kind of like whenever I, you know, I was uh, leaving the church where I was at to plant Journey Church. I knew what Journey Church would be like. I just didn't know where it would be. And I can remember going, you know, God, this is an Abraham moment for me, but God, I want you just to show me where. And I, re- I, I turned in my resignation the 1st of December, and I did not know where we were going to be planning until the 1st of February. And so for two months, I was kind of like, God, where? I know what the church would be. I could tell you what it would smell like, but man, I didn't know where it was going to be. And so I kept going, God, where? And so I'm telling you, that's where we are as a staff and as elders and, and leadership is we're going, God, where do you want a campus? We know what you want us to do, but where? And so we're praying for that divine appointment, that divine moment where God orchestrates that. And, and, and maybe some of you guys would be willing to say, you know what, I want to go help start that campus. You saw earlier when we sent nine people up to Memphis to help start Thoy Church up there, you know, because we believe in planting churches. You know, the, the big give offering that we're going to talk about in a little while, you saw earlier there were 13,000 plus churches that were planted across the globe. We believe in planting churches because we believe that churches that are healthy reach people. If they're dying, it's because they've become inward-focused and they forgot about outreach. And so new campuses in the River Region, new energy and new ideas on how to train and equip our people for the work of ministry. Pastor Brandon, we, we hired him to be over our dream team and life groups. And that's, that's his job to equip our people and to literally set them free to use their gifts and their abilities and their passions. And so that's something we're working at. We want to do that the best that we can possibly do it because we want to see you guys maturing to the point that you're using your gifts for the kingdom. You're not sitting on them. And I can just tell you by looking around this congregation, there's some people in here that are not using your gifts for the kingdom of God. You're not using them to help build up the body of Christ. And I'm telling you, you're missing out. We miss out as a church. The, the kingdom misses out and you miss out. And so we don't want you missing out on anything. We, don't, we sure don't want the kingdom missing out. So new energy and ideas on how to train and equip our people for the work of ministry. New ministries that we've never attempted before. We've already talked a little bit about that, but we want to be able to say, you know what, we want to see ministries launch from here. And the guy that sent me the email this past week kind of talking about all the prison ministry and stuff that was taking place. I said, man, I said, I want Journey Church to be a place where ministries are launched from here. It literally is, you know, we don't have to have the credit. We want the kingdom to expand. That's what it's all about. And, And so... We want to see new ministries. And I'll just tell you this. There's something that God has put on somebody's heart in this room right now. 
And you're sitting there going. I, I remember a lady telling me years ago, she said, you know, I, I, I put it, God put it on my heart because I was a teacher. I wanted to teach people how to read. There's so many adults that don't know how to read. And he said, I want, she said, I wanted to teach people how to read, but I wanted to teach them how to read by reading the Bible. And so that became her ministry. And so every, we had a family life center at that church where I was working at. And there would be people that would come in and they would say, I'm here for Miss Such and Such. And I, and I knew at that point they were there to learn how to read. And it would be grown men and grown women that did not know how to read. And so she would take God's word. She would take the Bible and she would teach them how to read. And so I'm, I'm telling you, God's put some ministry or some passion on your heart. And you're waiting for that opportunity. And I'm just telling you, man, we want to we want to encourage you. We're going to pray for you. But we want to see new ministries take place. It's a year of newness. And so here's another thing. New partnerships with church planters making a difference where we can. I think back to Pastor Dwayne. You saw it earlier when we bought the food truck. You know, and he's able to do some things there. And he has such a passion for that Chisholm area. You know, and I love the fact, you know what, he is making a difference. He is a light there. God is using him as a light. And so we want to partner with guys like that. And we want to help them be effective and make a difference there. And there's a statement here that says, God changes lives. And we love to celebrate life change. So God changes lives. He, he never leaves anybody the same. He loves us enough that he won't leave us where he found us. You know what I'm saying? Now, we were broken. We were destitute. Man, we were hurting. We were wounded. God doesn't leave us there. It's not like he, we get saved and nothing changes. He is constantly working at changing us and transforming us. And so there should be a change to take place in, in us. I can remember at, at the age of 19 when I got saved. Man, I had been a certain way for all those years. But, man, my life was changed that night. But here's the thing. It continues to change even to this day. I'm still being changed and transformed. This past week, God revealed some things in my life that I need to crucify, some things I need to die to, some things that need to change to where it's, I'm, I'm more like Christ than I am like Mike Mazingo. And, and so it's one of those things we've got to be able to say, God, I want you to change me. I don't want to be the same. God, I want to be more like Christ. I want to be more humble. God, I want to be more teachable. God, I want to be more of a servant. God, I want to be more about the kingdom. Jesus was all about the kingdom. But change has to take place. In Romans 12, 1 through 2, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. And this is truly the way to worship him. Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. God changes the way we think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so here, here's what we need to understand. God wants to work on our mind, and he changes the way we think. For many of us in this room, we thought negatively about ourselves. We had all these insecurities. And I know for me, that's the way I, I grew up. I was so insecure growing up. But whenever I became a Christian, I began to understand what God's word was saying about me, that God had a plan and a purpose for my life. He wanted to work in me and through me. I began to change the way that I thought about myself based on what God's word said, not what someone had told me or even what I told myself. And so we, we change the way we think by reading God's word and letting it literally change our thinking. And the more that we begin to line up with God's word, we realize, you know what? God has a plan and a purpose for my life. God wants to use me as a witness for him. God wants to me to be a light in this dark world. God wants to use me for his purposes and for his kingdom. And so here, the scripture is clear. Be changed. All of us need to be changing. The person who puts their faith in Christ, they've gone from death unto life. But here's the thing. Those of us that have given our life to Christ, we should be changing and transforming more and more each day into the likeness of Christ. That when people see us, they know, you know what, man, that's not the same guy he used to be. I've got a friend of mine that often calls, and he's from high school, 
And every time we get together, he wants to talk about what it was like back in the day. And I've just about got to the point of where I don't want to be around him, to be honest with you, because all he wants to live in is the past. And I, I don't, I'm not proud of my past. What I'm excited about is my future. And so maybe you've got friends like that, that every time you get around, they want to pull you back down to what, what you used to do rather than who you are in Christ now. And we've got to be willing to make those changes. Maybe you need to change friends. Maybe you can't be the influence that you want to be with them. Maybe they become the influence. In Ephesians four seventeen through 24, it says, With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. There's the mind again. If God, when God changes our mind, he changes the way we think. You know, he changes the way we live. He changes the way we love. And so many of us in this room, maybe we still got stinking thinking. You know, we need to let God change our thinking. They have no, no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly produce every kind of impurity, practice every kind of impurity. But look at what it says here. He goes, but that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew you, renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And so when we look at that, again, God's talking about changing the way we think, changing the way we think about everything, the way we think about people, the way we think about things, the way we think about this world, the way we think about the truth of God's word, the way we think about church, the way we think about worship. I want to give you eight characteristics of a changed life. You know, we talk about life and we celebrate life change, but I want to share eight characteristics of a changed life. Number one is worship. Worship. Am I lifting Jesus up in every aspect of my life? You know, whenever I was... Going to church growing up, I would, I would be involved in church and I would be a part of the worship service because, you know, they were singing songs. And I grew up in a church where, you know, they, we had hymns and you'd sing the first, second, and last stanza. I don't know why they never sang the others. Maybe they were too long or whatever. But I knew how to do that. I, I learned how to follow along. But here's the thing. I, didn't, I wasn't worshiping God. I was just singing songs. I wasn't a believer. I wasn't a follower of Christ. I, haven't, I, I didn't realize, you know, what Jesus had done completely. And so for me, it was a little bit different. But whenever I got saved at the age of 19, I realized, you know what, what Christ had done for me. And I realized that he had purchased me. And I realized that I was his child. And I realized, you know what, that he had gone through a lot for me. And I was so thankful. So when I sang those songs, it was a whole different meaning. It was a whole different flavor. And so for me, worship changed everything. And so question I would ask you if you're wanting to know, if, hey, has my life been changed? What is your worship like? Do you worship in truth and in spirit? Do you worship from a place of thankfulness? Do you worship from a place of brokenness? God desires a broken and contrite spirit. And so broken over our sin, broken over what we've done, broken over our mistakes. But realize, you know what, that he has redeemed us. He has saved us. Number two is prayer. Am I listening to and talking with God? If you're not praying, you don't have much of a relationship with God. If the only time you pray is whenever something goes really bad, you don't have much of a relationship. You have a strained relationship with God. And so if you want to know, hey, man, has my life been changed and, and transformed by the power of the gospel? Then I ought to be in regular communication with God, praying to him, talking to him, and listening. I love in Anne Marie's testimony where she says, you know, God didn't speak verbally to me, but I knew what he wanted me to do. See, she had a relationship with God. She'd been praying and asking, God, what should I do? What do I do with this baby? Change life. 
has a strong prayer life. Number three, God's Word. Am I allowing it to be living and active in me? Does God's Word, do, do I have a place for it in my life? Do I spend time reading it? Do I listen to it? You know, do I apply it to my life? Do I just, do, do I just, you know, love memorizing it, hiding it in my heart? And so are we allowing the Word of God or we just get what you get in here? Or do you get whenever you hear something on the radio, word on the way, whatever it might be? Or do you literally take time to, to digest and to, and to take in God's Word, allowing it to be living and active in you? Then here's the fourth one is transformation. Transformation. Am I pursuing a life of holiness? For many of us, we know if we're living in a way that is holy or not. We know that, you know what, these, the way I'm acting right now or the way I'm thinking right now or what I'm doing right now, I know does not honor God. Then quit, get away from it. We're to be set apart. Holy means to be set apart. We're to be separated from those things. And so the Bible tells us to be holy for God is holy. To be, let the world see that, you know, there's something different about you. And too often what we want to do is we want to fit in. We want to be one of the old boys, good old boys, you know, and we want to be part of the crowd. We let peer pressure drive us rather than being led by the Spirit. And so transformation, am I, am I pursuing a life of holiness? The fifth one is ministry. Am I using my gifts to build the body of Christ? Are you using your gifts, your abilities, your personality, your experiences? Are you using all that God has given you to build up the body of Christ? You know if you are not. And like I said earlier, if you're not using your gifts, you're missing out. The church is missing out. The kingdom is missing out. Outreach, number six. Am I intentionally sharing Christ? Am I intentionally looking for ways to share the good news, the gospel, with someone that may be lost? I think back to this past week with those two guys that I was hunting with. You know, the, the very thing I always think about is, hey, man, where's this guy going to spend eternity? If he were to breathe his last today, where would he go? And here's the thing. I, shared, I had the opportunity to share the gospel with both of them. Now, what they do with that, that's up to them. That's up to them. But, but the thing is, is it's my responsibility to share. God is the Lord of the harvest, not me. My job is just to be obedient to share. And then number seven, community. Am I growing with God's family? Are you in community? Are you part of the church? Are you growing in community? I think back to Anne Marie again, getting involved in a community of believers, getting involved with other families, learning from them, letting them pray. And you heard her talk about how she made a connection in there, and in, in, even in her career field. Her and this young lady are in the same area working together and becoming friends. And then here's another one is stewardship. Am I being faithful with God's resources? If God's got your heart, he's got everything. And if he's changing your heart, he's going to change everything. He's going to change how you see finances, how you see money, how you see resources. And so am I being faithful with God's resources? And the last two things, two steps and we're done. Number one is pray for Journey Church to make a difference in our community. If this is your church home, this is your church family, pray that God will use us to do new things and that we would have the courage to attempt the impossible and that we would have the boldness to share the gospel and that we would be a light in a dark world. And then the last one there, do my part by serving, giving, and sharing. Do my part by serving, giving, and sharing. We all have a part in it. And maybe you're here today and you've never put your faith in Christ. Maybe you've never received christ you've never allowed god to change you i want to give you an opportunity to do that i want to give you an opportunity to put your faith in christ over the last two weeks just in our services we've had eight people that have put their faith in christ for salvation the bible says they're a new they're a new creation they've been changed been transformed 
by the power of the gospel. So I want to give you that opportunity to do the same. So if you will, I want to ask you if you would just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And just maybe draw a circle around you. You know, just let the focus be on you for just a second. If you've never accepted Christ, you've never put your faith in Him, what's keeping you from making that decision today? What's keeping you from being willing to do that? Is there something getting in the way? There's nothing bigger. There's nothing better than Christ. I can tell you that. And so maybe you're here today and you go, Mike, man, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to be changed. I want to be transformed. Then it's as simple as this. You say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. Jesus, I believe you went to the cross and I believe you died for me. Jesus, I want to ask you, if you will, to come into my life, to be my leader, to be my Lord. And I'm asking you to save me. His answer is yes. He will. That's, what he can't, that's the reason he did what he did. And so right where you're at, just say, Jesus, I want to ask you to forgive me for my sins. I've sinned. That's confession. You're agreeing with him that you've sinned. Jesus, I'm asking you to come in and live within me. I want to quit living the way I've been living. That's repentance. Jesus, I want you to teach me everything and how to live for you and how to walk with you. That's discipleship. And so if that is your prayer, that's the prayer of your heart, I want to encourage you. Man, just go public with that. Let someone know what you've done today. If you don't mind, just raise your hand and say, Mike, I just prayed that prayer. I just asked Christ to come and live within me. I just asked Jesus to save me. If you did, just raise your hand just so I can see your hand. Just go in public with it. Anybody, just raise your hand and say, Mike, I just put my faith in Christ. Right here, I see your hand. That's awesome, brother. If you mean that, if you're sincere, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You become a part of His family. And so God has... He's, he's invited one in today. He's ushered one in to the family of God. That's awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else? I've put my faith in Christ today. Today was your day of salvation. Anybody else? I love that. Thank you for being courageous enough and bold enough to raise your hand. I want to ask you all to look up here. This time we're fixing to do our big give offering we had one who just put their faith in Christ for salvation I mean give them a hand welcome them in welcome to the family of God that's awesome at this time we're going to take up our, our big give offering and let me just kind of explain a little bit about this big give offering it's a sacrificial giving sacrificial gift that we've asked everybody to pray about and so I, what I did is I asked every family to pray about what God would have you give and so you pray, pray together as a family. You know, we had, we had some guys who did a car show. Everything came in through. It was about $1,000 or more came in. That goes to the big gift. Somebody did a cornhole tournament. All the, you know, the proceeds from that went to the big gift. And so what we asked every family to do was just to be obedient. And so I don't want anybody to give today out of guilt or feeling like, hey, I've got to go up there because everybody else is going to pray. Here's what I want you to understand. I just want you to pray about whatever God would have you give. And whatever God says give, then I want you to be obedient to whatever that is. Here's the thing, if, if all of us just pray, and then we end up doing what God has told us to do, you know what we are? We're obedient. And God blesses obedience. He'll bless this church just out of our obedience. And so if we're obedient to give, then we've already received one of the greatest blessings, is being in right standing with God. Right? So we want to be obedient. But I want us to give joyfully, and with excitement, with passion. And so you've got, guys have got a big give offering. In just a few minutes after this, We'll take up our regular offering. 
So this isn't our regular offering. This is a sacrificial, special offering. We do it once a year. And all of the money that comes into this table today will literally go towards missions. And we, here's the thing. We take it up all the way through the end of the month. So if you say, well, yeah, I didn't come prepared today, it's okay. You can give next Sunday. You can give all the way to the end of the month. And whatever comes in goes towards missions. It buys Bibles. It feeds the hungry. You know, it plants churches. It supports pregnancy crisis centers where people go in and choose to save a baby's life. So that's what you're investing in. If you want to know, hey, is there a good return on it? Look at those numbers. If, you, if you're looking for an investment that has a good return, I don't know of anything better than giving to missions. And so I want you guys to give with joy and obedience. And we'll just trust God. Now, would I like to see it more than what we took in last year? Absolutely. But that's not the focus. The focus is on us being obedient and giving what God has told us to give. So I want to I pray for it. And then I'm going to ask you guys to stand. And then you guys come down as families. And you can drop your, your uh, envelope in the uh, basket. And then just make your way back to your chairs. And then we've got a couple of other things we're going to do. But let's ask God just to bless this. Father, I thank you so much for today. God, I thank you that I get to be a part of this church. God, getting to do what we get to do. God, that we attempt new things. Lord, Father, we're not just satisfied with going through the motions and singing a few songs and doing church and doing a social check mark. God, we want to be, we want to be world changers. We want to make a difference. So God, I pray that you'd, I pray that you'd put it on people's heart today what you want them to give God I pray for the courage to be obedient God I pray for the ministries that still need to be started that you put on someone's heart today God I pray that you would provide the resources to be able to support ministries like that whatever they may be God we're trusting you and Father wherever those campuses are that you want us to plant God we trust you to show us and we just want to be obedient so, God, I pray that you bless this offering. I pray that it's special to you. And, God, I pray that you are honored in every possible way. In Jesus' name, amen.